And it's Cash Color Cannabis, a high level of conversation. And this episode is sponsored by Atlantis Clothing. Everything from our Atlantis Signature Collection to our Drug Lord Collection and Return to Viper Collections are all available for purchase today. So stop by AtlantisClothing.com and make your purchase. All right, without further ado, you know, today we are not in, in Atlanta. We're not at Live Hip Hop Daily Studios. We're actually in New Orleans okay. for Black can- for the Black Cannabis Conference. So we're here for the inaugural event, and we had to be here in order to catch some of these amazing, amazing talents of color who are making such amazing strides in the industry. And today we got a special guest over here. And Vol- I don't want to mispronounce your last name. Coriad. Coriad. I was like almost a yacht. there. I, don't, I want a yacht. I should have just, I, I just, just shot my shot. I knew it. Valda Coriad, um, CMO of Truly. How yes. are you doing today? I'm doing great. Good to see you. Thank you very much for um, stopping by with us today. I know you've got a busy schedule today. You were a speaker earlier yes. today. Yes. What was it like being on that panel? Oh, man. The, the panel was almost like being around my, my family, you know, yeah. folks. It was really good. Really uh, engaging audience. They asked a lot of questions. It was more of a conversation. Okay. Than a, than a question and answer. All right, well, great. Well, we're about to have a conversation right now. And first, before we get into anything else, um, let's get into how you found yourself involved in the cannabis industry. Like, what was your steps towards being involved in cannabis? Oh, boy. So, uh, well, I've been in marketing for 25 years. So let's start there. I started in New York, working for very big companies uh, like Colgate, Palmolive, Avon, and Heineken. Uh, did that and then said, you know what? I actually want to work to help build some smaller companies up. Right. And so I left the Heineken and went to Florida to work for a private equity backed company um, that we built and then sold. And then I took a little trip down to work on mangoes. So the job I had before working for Truly literally was head of marketing for the National Mango Board. Well, you know what's funny? Mangoes and cannabis have always gone hand in hand. A hundred percent. Most good smokers know if you eat you a mango, that's going to seal that high end. <laughs> well, we know mangoes also have myrcene, right? Yes. So a terpene that's also found in cannabis. And what I was telling people is before I joined the cannabis industry, and I was working on mangoes and talking to chefs and you know mixologists and the restaurant industry. A lot of those conferences, they always had somebody come to talk about cannabis, the future of the food and beverage industry, right? Yes. You know, how will cannabis be a part of that? So I just became intrigued while I was working on fruit and vegetables, right? <laughs> and then, uh, you know, this job popped up and I said, you know what? Yeah, I'll be open to having a conversation. And then, you know, the rest is history. So that was two years ago when I joined Truly. That's amazing, man. So you 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 have one of the what I call a typical um, typical journey to cannabis business. So many people I've spoken to have had these starts in what I would call traditional businesses. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, a spark happened to them. And next thing you know, you're, t- you're taking that skill set and moving it over to cannabis. That's right. How important is it for people to understand things like that, that cannabis isn't necessarily um, a lock in, locked in to people who are cannabis consumers or to people who have just been doing cannabis their whole entire lives. There's all kinds of skill sets that are useful in this business. Can you speak to us about that? Of course. So... You know, I tell people this is real big business, right? You have um, football field size grows. Yes. Okay. You have accountants. You have um, certainly people in IT, right? They make sure that my computer is connected right and all of that. So really, you could come into cannabis with just about any skill set. It's just really a matter of finding where that opportunity is. So cannabis today is not necessarily looking for people who consume the product, but people who actually have a skill set that can help advance the industry. Yes. Yes. So let's talk about your position here at Truly. Um, Speak to us about what you do for Truly. 
Yes, as the chief marketing officer, I am. I have a national role. And so while the company started in Florida, yes. we are expanding. We are now in 11 states. You're in Georgia now, I know this, yeah. <laughs> yes, we do have a license. We don't, yeah. we don't have an operation there yet. But um, we're in 11 states, you know, for sure. We have 155 dispensaries. We've got grows and production in multiple states as well. And so as chief marketing officer, my job is to help make, I would say, the brands really stand out. So I've launched some brands in the two years that I've been here. I'm also helping to build the truly corporate and retail brand. Um, I have social media reporting up to me, all of our digital activity, all of our search engine op optimization, the website, every all of that reports to me. Um, and then I also play a pretty critical role in innovation. So when you see some of the new products come out or new packaging and all of that, that's also inspired by our marketing team knowing cannabis consumers. Okay. You know, and I feel like marketing is such a hard thing to tackle when it comes to cannabis. You know, what, what, one, social media always caps you as so much you can do. There's mm -hmm. still so many traditional platforms you can't use. Um, what, are some of the, what are some of the ideas that you use to help market or help restructure the marketing for truly mm -hmm. where it's going to be effective on those platforms or be effective without those platforms? Well, we have a battle with social media, yes. right? And we know, <laughs> we know all of us have experienced it, but we're not dependent on it. So we're looking at new technologies, new ways of having a direct relationship with our customers uh, that they sign on to, right? So that's some new stuff that's going to be coming out um, probably next year. We also, of course, use some traditional email, right, texting. If people um, opt in and they want to receive that communication, again, that's another direct line of communication to them. Um, our website is hugely important, but we also don't forget about offline, right? So the community connection is particularly important. And what I found is, um, you know, we try to make sure that although we're growing nationally and we're the largest now uh, multi-state operator, that we don't lose that local touch. So when you walk into one of our dispensaries, you should recognize the people working there as people from the community. And events, you know, in a park, let's say, you know, or uh, some other community event, we really tap into that. So we use both both online and offline um, methods. Oh, and that's definitely needed. I feel like people have forgot that you need to do stuff in real time. As, mm -hmm. as much as you need to do stuff online, it's really more important to be on offline. You mm -hmm. gotta really touch people in, 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 in a real way. Yes. Yeah. And so, you know, one of the things with that, I would say is word of mouth is real, yes. you know, and I, you know, we're black, I'm black, you're black. We're having this conversation, but yeah. one of the things that I always tell people is, you know, it's not always what you see in advertising, right? Or, um, you know, what you see on a billboard, right? A lot of times the reputation of that company is actually solidified by what people are saying to one another yes in their neighborhoods in their houses you know how somebody was treated they you know if they were treated well or if they were treated poorly that spreads yes you know and so you know that's one of the things that i'm particularly sensitive to because we we definitely want to be authentic right in the way that we go to market but i know that absolutely we win the market one customer at a time so we lose a customer it hurts you know, and we try very hard um, to win them back. Yes. 
Um, it's important that we have more people of color in, in C-suite position. Mm -hmm. um, you're standing in a great position for a very big company right now. Mm -hmm. What's it like being having? What's it like having a role in a company like that, being a being a woman of color? Ooh. And how important is it to find more faces of color to be in those type of positions? Yeah, it's um, it's lonely. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I joke. I tell people I went to a high school where I was one. I was the one person in my class who graduated. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time my sister said, I know walking in a room where I, I can say that's the black person. Yeah. I said, I do that in cannabis all the time. Yeah. <laughs> you walk in the room and you're like, that's him. Yeah. So, yeah. so it yeah. has to be way of, you say it's a lonely kind of space sometimes. Mm -hmm. It is. And, you know, and even at this conference, right, some of the conversations that we're having, we want to see more of us in the industry, but our presence is so divided and spread out. Yes. Right. You talk about somebody over in Oregon or Colorado. Right. Or I'm down in Florida. I mean, you know, and some of the states that are opening up, it's really, you know, we're not organized yet. Let me say that. Right. So some of the other uh, industries that I've worked in, there are very large organizations that you tap into. And I think somewhat and actually this is an interesting and your question brought this to mind. You know, there's some organizations that still won't go near cannabis and probably don't go near cannabis executives. Really? Yes. Yeah. Really? I, I, you yeah. know what? Actually, I do believe that. You know, I was, I was having a conversation with somebody not too long ago and they were saying they, they was use these words specifically. I don't really want to dive into the cannabis space. And I'm like, I don't see how you, you escape it at this point, really. Exactly. Like, even if you're not dealing in cannabis as far as being um, touching the plant, there's conversations all day. Like, I speak all the time on a podcast. When it comes to having conversations with cannabis about black people, that goes that spans genres, that spans mm -hmm. different different categories, but primarily it's past issues, pop culture, and politics. Mm -hmm. All that could fit under there. So we need to stop being so, I guess, I don't want to get ignorant to mm -hmm. what cannabis actually is. It's not so much about you smoking; it's about you knowing what's happening in your neighborhood. It's about you knowing what's going on statewide, um, national, mm -hmm. how these is all things are affecting you. And cannabis has been here. Yes. You know, if people are really real, yeah. <laughs> you know, this is not new. It's been around uh, for centuries, right? And but but yet and still, I think depending on um, the, the organization itself, if it's a nonprofit or a for-profit, do they depend on you know any federal funding, right? Those types of things oftentimes get in the way. I think of people being more open in connecting with the cannabis industry and people like myself who are in the industry. I mean, and, and listen, at the end of the day, you know, certain brands that I've worked on in the past, they're global brands, they are very well known, right? Everybody wants to go with what's known, not everybody. A lot of people really tie themselves to what's already established. I recognize that I'm more of a disruptive marketer, right? I come into businesses and come into industries to help build them and I'm not afraid to come into the place that maybe most people want to stay away from or they were afraid to enter to do that hard work. And, you know, so I think many of us, I was talking to some young people today, um, you know, recognize that sometimes it's a risk. There are some companies that after you've worked in cannabis, they don't want to hire you. That's still real, believe it or not. I will. I, I hope that we can continue to break that stigma through conversations like that, through conferences like this. 
that, you know, a can of, matter of fact, you might want to have somebody who works in the cannabis industry on your team. They definitely are disruptors when it comes to marketing. You That's have to right. think way out the box when it comes to cannabis. That's right. So truly, this moving into new states, like I mentioned, I know they have a, a license in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, speak to us about, well, if you can, speak to us about what their expansion process is. Like, how do they go and pick where they want to go to or what, or what market they might want to try to infiltrate? Oh, uh, we don't pick. I mean, we apply. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, (laughs) there's definitely some research done in terms of, you know, is this a place that, you know, the size of the opportunity, the regulations as we know it, um, you know, uh, does it give us enough room for growth, right, longer term? But then after that, there's an application process, right? And so with that, um, there's a whole team of people, um, you know, including attorneys, right, and our regulatory, um, you know, employees who pull that application together. It takes a long time. Oh yeah, we hear it often when yeah. it comes to people who are just individuals, not companies, how mm-hmm. long this takes, how much money it takes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I could, I could often imagine. Yeah. Um, mentorship is, is is huge. Like I, when I was in college, I was in inroads and inroads helped me so much. I'm an inroads alum. Ah, inroads <laughs> in the building. Inroads helped me out FWC, so much. FWC, yes. Uh-huh. How, how um, mentorship in cannabis is yeah. needed. Like how are we working on it? Is that something that you've been truly just thinking about? How to enter? How to, how to have mentors of black mentors either mentor other people trying to get into the business or even expand that conversation? Yeah. So you know, I the panel that I just spoke on, in fact, that's what we talked about. Okay. Um, you know, or at least that came up in the conversation, and I said, you know, I think people just need to reach out. I think those of us who are in a position of privilege, I would say, um, and access, that we need to also reach out, right? So I'm not just looking to folks who are young or new to the industry to come to me. But I I also, when I see somebody, I say, hey, you know, we have a conversation. I make myself available. So, but but that that piece about organizing is real. Like we've got to maybe start or continue to build some of the organizations that are already here and make them even stronger. Yes. Right? And make sure that, that we become national. I think what tended to happen because the regulations are so different by state, maybe people cluster more yes, yes. by state or by local geography. And that actually is necessary, right? Because you need to understand the local or where you're going to operate or where you're going to function. But in reality, the power is really in the national. Yes. And so that's what I would like to see us get to is um, the level of organization like a national black MBA association, right? Or Ooh. national bar, black yeah. bar association. I mean, there's all of these organizations that really do come together. This conference should be five times the size that it is today. Yes. Right? For the those of us who are in the industry or those of us who want to bring people. A lot of times when I used to go to the National Black MBA Association, it was people who maybe hadn't gotten their MBA yet were coming, right? But they aspired to. Yeah, manifest. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, so the way that you, you know, um, network and build those relationships is, you know, by creating spaces like a conference and then um, making sure that people like myself actually attend and participate. It wasn't easy for me to leave the office. I'm just going to tell y'all that. Okay. So if my boss or any of my peers are listening, they look like, where is she? Where is she? You know, why is is she not in the office? She's not fully back outside just yet. She just came out here for this. (laughs) You know, but it's, um, you know, it's a very competitive industry. I mean, you know, we are working hard. It's the fourth quarter. Yes. That's the other thing I will say. Maybe we move this conference to at the beginning of the year. 
you know, because people are trying to make their, their numbers at the end of the year. Fourth quarter is big dog time, man. Yes, yes, yes. You know, so it was hard. It was hard to get out of the office, but it was important to me to be here live and um, to see folks and, and to meet people. Uh, and hopefully those connections will continue, you know. Well, that was great, man. Valda, thank you so much for sitting down with us today. Um, I wish you best of luck. It was an amazing conversation. And again, when True Leave happens in Georgia, we'd love to have some kind of collaboration with y'all when y'all come down. We are big in Atlanta. Well, I got to tell you, I don't know if you know this, but we actually have a partnership with Morehouse School of Medicine yes. to do research, right? Yes. So, yeah, I think for sure you will see us in Atlanta at some point. Awesome, awesome. Thank you so much <laughs> for your time, Valda. And that is Cash Color Cannabis live from Black Cannabis Con in New Orleans.